Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Boomer. Well, when you look at it, the NCAA tournament, all their games aren't technically road games. They're all neutral sites. So really, you know, road wins are overrated. <laughs> That's right. We just, we'd be fine on neutral sites. We'd be the Oklahoma State on that neutral site, right? Yeah, exactly. That's so it's fine. All right. Well. Sure. Absolutely. Um, also with Redcast Rob. Well, you know, first of all, I'd like to congratulate our um Heard at brethren over at the No Block No Rock on their brand new set for their podcast. It's beautiful, looks great. Um, I would say that it is only outmatched by the gentleman over at the Generation Red podcast, which Ken and Scott have put together something beautiful there. But you know what? Nobody in Heard at has a comic book collection like I do. So suck it, brothers. <laughs> Uh, well, you got to claim wins wherever you can get them, Rob. Well, you know, um, and, and I would call this a road win since I uh, now have an office that I work at. So this is technically I'm not working at home anymore. Uh, uh, all right. That's good stuff. Well, um, tell you what, let's uh, we're going to dive right in. Let's talk about uh, some Nebraska ball. And we did schedule this uh, show to follow the Nebraska Northwestern game. We're uh, hoping that we could talk about a, a road win that we've been desperately looking for, but it was not to be. Uh, Nebraska falls 80 to 68 to the Wildcats of Northwestern, and uh, and Boomer, uh, this is uh, you know a continuing trend of unable to get over the hump. Uh, we were so close on Sunday, which I think gave some some hope to people that this could be the day. Uh, Nebraska lost in overtime to the Fighting Illini in a game with a seconds from from getting it right, and uh, that would have been a huge quad one road win. Uh, tonight would have been a quad one road win, and uh, just haven't been able to get it done there on the road. Thoughts, uh, immediate thoughts after this uh, loss by the Huskers. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. You know, we we talked about this four game stretch starting with Maryland and ending here in Northwestern that we. You know, I, th I think our goal was just to win any two of those four and you to put yourself in a really good position, you know, either whether it was two road wins, you know, Maryland and Northwestern or beating, you know, one of the ranked teams and any of the other ones, I think is what we were all really hoping for out of this stretch. And, well, they didn't do it. You know, they looked awful against Maryland. That was one of the worst games I've seen them play. And then played a terrible half against Wisconsin and then a great half and then played pretty good ball against Illinois and, and the referees and, you know, simultaneously and, you know, put up a valiant effort. And I think that kind of got us a little hope here. And just tonight, it was just a lot of the same woes that have, when this team isn't doing well, it's the same stuff. It's they're getting, you know, they're letting the other team just dominate the offensive rebounds. I think they had like plus 10 on that. We were turning the ball over, you know, weren't very good at ball control and just the other team just, you know, some always seems to go on these weird scoring streaks. You know, we tweeted tonight that it seems like every Nebraska loss, it's, like a mad lib it's you know insert other team here <laughs> as their best night doing blank here you know and and every time it happens it's either you know three point percentage turnovers first half scoring whatever it is yeah right that just seems to come up it's just it's uncanny how that happens and 
and that's just it's just bothered this yeah hell it's bothered the you know the program for decades now it seems or you know that just seems to be what happens to us but yeah so i mean yeah. there were positives in this four game stretch you know the the negatives i think slightly outweigh the positives in, the, in these four games but you know yeah that's just kind of where we're at i'm still processing this northwestern loss as annoying yeah. as it is so yeah I, I think you know rob i think boomer is indicative of most Nebraska basketball fans that um, have been beaten and battered over decades of uh, bad basketball. And uh, I think they're, you know, I think Boomer would say he is concerned with this team and their chances to make the NCAA tournament. Is that fair, Boomer? Yeah, I, I know you look at the metrics and, you know, we've got those quad one wins and that is, you know, promising in certain aspects, but you know, Nebraska fans have been burned so many times in the past, you know, that the 2017-2018 season is, you know, still on everybody's mind. Granted, that team didn't have those wins, but I think... Nope, sure didn't. You know, there's that, there's just that always underlying fear that either the team is just going to pass just a bad collapse at the end of the year, which could hurt. I mean, the schedule sets up in terms of just teams, they should be able to beat everybody left on the schedule if they play reasonably well. But, you know, we've seen it in the past that they can collapse and I, I, you know, we rightfully fear what the committee will do, you know, the, when they when they see this tournament. I, I know it's not the same thing as college football, but we've seen how college sports, they'll they put in the teams they want and they find a reason to justify it. And if you really didn't want to keep, say, a 21 Nebraska team or let them in the tournament, they could point to, hey, you don't have any road wins of quality. You know, they would find a reason to keep them out. Yeah, yeah. Well, of, they do have a road win of quality, and it was against a Kansas State just kind of saying what the fears are at this point. So, yeah, but they yeah, do yeah. have a road win of quality, and it's against a Kansas State team that's been playing really well as of late, who just beat the number well, three team in well, the country. Well, I wouldn't say as but, of late. You know, Kansas I was a big win for them, but they've been I agree. They had lost four game. straight going in. And then we that. saw, like, today, Wisconsin and Creighton both lose the same oh. day, too. So I mean, you, you're only as good as your last win or loss, right? right. So. <laughs> that's right, Rob. Well, Rob, um, as a, a Nebraska basketball fan that isn't as beaten down as uh, well, folks who've been following it, this for I'm going to disagree so hard with you on you that You have one. been beaten down? Well, okay, not only am I a Nebraska <laughs> basketball fan, but I'm also an Arizona basketball fan. Yes, we all know this, and, Rob. And you say every, this all the time. But since 90, I, I, I'm aware of that, but since 97, Arizona has some of the worst tournament losses in the history of including the NCAA. Last year's. Including last year. So don't talk to me about being beat down, okay, bud? I hear you, yeah, but you were a two seed, a two and seed, and they lost a six, and they lost to Princeton. Yes, yes, and and and, and yeah, and you all and you all but, just let their the fact let that Princeton fans harass me seed, for the entire the fact, day. The fact that you got to a two seed, um, you know, Nebraska fans couldn't dream of that type of successful okay, season. Fair. They literally have never even experienced it, right? I mean, our best season was thing, a three seed, I mean, a three seed, right? And, that, and that's ever, by, you know, yeah. by far. I think the next maybe were we a six one year underneath, and then everything else was like six double or digits? maybe an eight. Yeah, that'd probably yeah. be about it. Oh, I'll try to find it real yeah. quick. Miles, yeah. it hasn't been anywhere close to that. That's Eleven, yeah. I mean, like, so tonight's just the wrong night to ask me that because I'm I have so many thoughts on the game, but none of them involve words. <laughs> none of them are positive. Me. Yes, none of <laughs> none of them use words that we are allowed to use on this well, podcast. Rob, we are talk family. About, Rob, talk about the Illinois game then. How about that? Because that was. Even though it was a loss, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I think it was Hockey or Boomer sent out, you know, video of the BTN crew saying, "Hey, if you know, show me, you know, thirty 
four better at-large teams than than Nebraska. I was listening on uh, Sirius XM radio driving back from the mountains, and I, I had the Illinois uh, local broadcast, and they're like, "This this team's a, a tournament team if I ever saw one." Right? Um, we didn't get the win, right? But yeah. I mean, they got a lot of people have seen a lot of basketball, watched Nebraska play its best, and they they look like they looked apart, the right? They do. And, and that's the, that's the thing though, is that it's really hard for me because I, I, so many times like I want to blame the team, but this team, and, and we were talking about this before the show where this team really depends on a flow of the game, right? They, they, their, their offense requires certain type of movement around the, around the ball, certain type of movement off the ball. And it just feels like every time this team goes on the road, I mean, I think at one point tonight I counted something like six whistles in 30 seconds of real basketball time tonight. And it's like, yep. that's not even basketball. All right. That is like a ref show. And and it's so hard with these Big Ten refs to even sit here and, and watch a lot of these games. I'll even watch games that aren't Nebraska, just trying to like see how, you know, maybe the team that they're going to be playing, you know, next is is playing right now. And you know, and, and I watch it and I'm just like, this is just, it's just terrible. And it's not like it in any other conference around the country, no other conference. You, like you said, Dave, like the ACC, the pack, the pac 12, you know, or whatever's left of it now. I mean, still it's, they play such a nice flow of basketball. There's a lot of fast breaks. There's a lot of, you know, pull up threes. There's a lot of, you know, fake pull up threes that dump the ball down inside to, you know, to the, to the big guy and, and dunks, but it's sure. like a consistent flow in the big 10. Oh, that guy looked at him wrong. I think I'm going to blow the whistle and, and, you know, borderline technical <laughs> foul. And, and, I, and I it's, think it's, it's terrible. And I'm not even exaggerating um, at this point. It, it's just a terrible style of refing a game that doesn't allow for any type of flow. And it's just unfortunate because I think in a couple of other leagues right now, we would be lights out the way we shoot the ball from outside. Yeah. Yeah. Get a yeah. Consistent no, flow. I agree with that. I agree with that. I, and that maybe if we, we can make it to the tournament, maybe that bodes well to actually get that, that victory because big 10 teams have struggled to uh, hopefully convert. not in the bracket. They have them in now where they would play Arizona. There's the 94 round. brackets, Rob. You're looking yeah. at one of them. Let's and again, that would them. mean Arizona would actually have to beat a two seed. And you know what? I will. Boomer, I swear to God, I will yeah. fight you. All right. <laughs> All right. Settle down, Rob. Settle down, Rob. I love, I love the passion, but I, yeah, what I'm trying to illustrate here. Yeah, Dave, the, the best seed we ever were was the sixth seed after that three. And that's the year we lost that, to yeah. 10, which and we I lost. still don't understand yeah. that loss either. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to illustrate here is is I think it's it's multifaceted here in the sense that it's almost counterintuitive because you would think if the Big Ten refs are calling a game closer to Rob's point and blowing their whistle all the time, the the players and the coaches would respond to such tight officiating and not do as much hand checking and and physical uh defense right because they're tired of getting all these calls but that doesn't really work and it goes both ways it's like you think if the big 10 wanted more freedom of movement like you see in some other leagues and what you do see in the ncaa tournament you would have your refs intentionally you know, try to uh, establish uh, freedom of movement as something that's fundamental to how the game is going to be played and and then have the coaches respond to that. But it seems to be in this weird space where it, you don't get either of those things, right? I was watching the North Carolina Duke game on Saturday. They went six minutes of basketball time 
in six minutes of real time. They blew through the 12 minute under 12 timeout and the number and the eight minute timeout without stopping. I don't think that's ever happened in Big Ten basketball, Rob. Right? I mean, it's just no, it's insane, right? Well, that's that's because it's actual basketball and the rest let them play it, and they don't yeah. call ticky tack fouls, you yeah. know. It, so it looks well, yeah, but they also the players also allow more freedom of movement, right? I mean, like it's just more of a free flowing game. Yeah. And I, it does look more like the NBA, yeah. which is also big on, on freedom of movement. Mm-hmm. And you just don't get that in the Big Ten. And then uh, it might be one of the reasons why we've struggled to, to win a national championship in this conference over the last 20-some years. Yeah. So uh, why well, is that the case, I guess? Where does that stem from? I mean, why, I don't know. why is the roughing philosophy so different? Because it, it does know. seem to be. I agree with you, Dave. It, it doesn't make sense why it's so vastly different compared to other well, games. Well, because, because the Big Ten has, is basically settled on, um, you know, upper-level high school referees as opposed to actually getting guys that are qualified <laughs> for the job. You know, maybe they don't, maybe they don't pay as well. Like full-time refs or what do they do? I guess I haven't looked into it that deeply. I mean, what does, well, it, it's funny that you, it's funny that you ask this too, because um, I, I do have a little bit of knowledge. I mean, it might be kind of 30 years old or whatever, but when I was in high school, uh, my English teacher was named Mark Reichling and he was a, he was a referee for the PAC 12. And then eventually he became the head of the referees association for the PAC 12. And I remembered him talking a lot about the way that um, calling games and officiating because there was one game that he called and he came back in and a bunch of us were giving him a hard time about like some of the calls he was making in the game. So he kind of um, the whole situation works where the refs sit down, they go through classes, they actually learn the league puts them through this, not individual leagues, put them through these classes, teach them about the rules of basketball over and over again, any changes that may have been made. Um, they talk, they get together as officiating crews. They talk about like how they want to call the flow of the game and they all come to an agreement on it. And it seems to me like the big 10 just doesn't know how to do that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to, to answer your question, Boomer, uh, Rob is correct. Just like uh, college football referees, they typically have another full-time job. Um, typically a lawyer or something of that nature. And then uh, they, uh, you know, do this on the side. That's different than NFL or NBA, which has dedicated like referee uh, unions and and that type of thing. But uh, well, in fairness, the big 10 doesn't really have the revenue stream for any of the entire full-time refs. So I guess that's understandable. Well, um, let's turn turn forward here a little bit there's seven games left on the schedule i believe uh four at home three on the road um it does lighten up a little bit on the cadence right i mean fred noted this um after i believe the maryland game or maybe it was the ohio state game that we won before maryland is that they're going to have quite a few games in a row and sure enough they've knocked out it feels like they've played every every third or fourth day for the last two weeks well uh, they have Michigan uh, on Saturday, I believe. Is that right? And then they don't play again until the following Saturday. Correct. Yeah, they got a week off. And yeah, and so they have a whole week off, and then they then they have kind of a Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday type back and forth. I think they play the the next three Sundays after that to wrap up the season. And so, I mean, it it won't be quite as grueling, and four of those are home games. So hopefully they're rested. Um, it is a tough turnaround time. I mean, they put their heart and soul into that Illinois game. They didn't get it done. On That's on Sunday night, essentially. They probably fly back to Nebraska, did 
you know, two days of classes. They probably didn't practice on Monday. They fly right back out to Chicago. And so, I mean, that's, that's tough, you know, uh, hopefully they um, can find it. Uh, they do have a, a lightened schedule, right? Boomer. I mean, they, they may not have another quad one win on this schedule until they get to the big 10 tournament, but they've got seven teams that they can beat um, across the board. I'm not saying they're going to do that, but uh, they, they can at least go four and three. And, and I think five and two or better is, is out there for them. Yeah. I mean, I guess, where would you put, what do they need to win? So for you to say, okay, this team is safely in the tournament. I, I, I feel like with the quad one wins they have, which to Rob's point, n- not as many teams have that. Um, and, and that we've been competitive in the big 10 all year long. Yes. The road wins, ro- lack of road wins is going to knock down a, a seating situation, but I think 20 wins here if they get four more of these, which will be all quad two wins approximately, or, you know, um, at worst, or, I don't think there's any quad threes out there. It's probably quad twos. Um, I think they're in. I, I don't think they're even on the bubble at, at that le- level. That's 10 and 10 in conference, 20 wins overall. They still have another potential win in a, in a conference tournament game. They're in. I think they're a 10 seed probably. I, I don't I don't think what if they were not playing I mean, is that a concern to you if for some reason they lose at Indiana and Ohio State and if they went three and four and only had 19 wins, I'd I I would then my my concern meter would go up. But if they just win the four games at home, um, I think they're gonna get in. I, to your point, they Boomer, honestly, I don't think there's a conspiracy theory against this Nebraska team. They're not trying to like keep them out no, or I don't anything think it's like conspiracy. that. I just think you know if push comes to shove. You know, they would have reasons to keep Nebraska out. If they, sure, if they but I, it, I would say any any team that's supposedly on the bubble, quote-unquote, which is right. on if you're on the bad side or the good side, if you're somewhere in the range of being a, a 10, 11, 12 seed as at large or a team that's, the, you know, the last four out or the next four out, if you're in that group, everybody has flaws in their resume. Literally everyone has flaws on their resume. Um, if Dave, your logic is so working with me tonight, like <laughs> normally, normally I just want to tell you so to like, shut up, like you tell me, but so like, you can tell it's me working for me, dude. It's working. You can right. tell me Nebraska has flaws in the resume. Yeah, that's why they're at that spot. Yeah, they're but, not like a two or three seed where it's like okay, yeah, you but know, the, the, there. Yeah. the flaws that the 2018 team had were so far greater. I mean, there's no quality wins on that schedule. Um, okay, so let's talk the other way around. All right, let's turn it around. Let's stop like talking about because they're going to make the tournament. I'm not. I have no doubt in my mind they're going to make the tournament. All right, like they're they're going to end up with like either 20, 21 wins. They're going to get at least one win. They might even get to the point now of where they can win out here. They could end up being like a, a buy team in the Big Ten tournament. You know what I mean? Like there's still that possibility involved, right? There's a lot so of let's wins talk. Schedule, let's talk. Right? Let's talk from the positive schedule. Okay, let's see. They go out and they win these last seven games. They win every single one of them. All right, Love that it. puts them at that puts them at 23 wins, 23 and eight. Okay, and then they go into the Big Ten tournament. They win one or two games in there, right? And maybe they get a buy, maybe they don't. But they should. All right, so so they go in there. So that puts them at 24, 25 wins going into an NCAA tournament. One, they're not going to miss it. Two, they could end up like a five or six seed at that point. Like, I mean, there's like there's so that we can look at for this team because they already have a lot of the wins that most teams don't even have right now. Even some of the teams that are 
at that seed level. So, I mean, there's still a possibility and I'm not going to sit here and just cry over the fact that like they're having a hard time winning on the road in a conference where a lot of teams don't win on the road. Wisconsin just lost to freaking Michigan, a three win Michigan on the road tonight. So, I mean, we need to stop crying as Nebraska fans and start looking at what could positively happen. And if seven games against, against lower level teams in this conference, we could easily go seven and zero. we could probably go five and two at the worst case scenario we go four and three we win one game in the big i mean there's just so many good things happening with this team and i'm it's just tired of the negative i get it everyone's been snake bitten so long but i'm trying to focus on this team right here in front of us you know this is the team in front of us this is the team we wanted and this isn't last year's team this isn't the year before's team i mean this team is so much better than any of those teams and so as far as I'm concerned, it's like we're going to the tournament. We're probably going to win our first tournament game. I actually predicted that we will win our first tournament game before the season even started. And God damn it, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I love it, Rob. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, really I, I hope we can go back and edit this show to throw some patriotic music behind that. Yeah, we're sure we can. Yeah. <laughs> or at least the Nebraska flags flying. Oh, my God. The, like a- yeah, like the, Nebra- or the Nebraska fight song would be perfect. Yeah, I, I would say to any fans that um, are going, planning on going to home games or, or maybe waffling on should they attend or not, I mean, like support them like crazy at home and, and make sure that that environment is vicious for those opponents and those four home games are going to be easier to get across, right? God then you're right. just then you're just looking to steal a road game somewhere out of Indiana, Ohio State, or Michigan, and and you're five and two, and and we're not talking about this on Selection Sunday because they're in, right? Uh, yeah, that's the big key. The team needs to just make it so it's not a question. Yeah, yeah. I think I, well, I for their fans right more than yeah. anything. Yeah, I mean, all we need is one more win, and we're going bowling. <laughs> that's right. No, I mean like wait. I mean, that worked out damn well, it. Rob. So damn no it. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's, let's. I think they'll get over the the, the threshold this time. I, I it, they do look like a team that can win in the tournament. They would be better off if they had had that road win. It's, it's it's tough because they've had you know that Minnesota game early in the year. Yeah, Rutgers overtime and Illinois overtime. You get one of those, and they'd be in yeah. better shape. And, right? and they could have easily had two of those, which would have been we wouldn't even be talking about this. It would just be we're arguing nope. about seeding now, but. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yep. the thing. They're just leaving that little kind of window for you know issues. They they, they could have shut the window. We just went over this. Knock it off. Yeah. I mean, I I think that you know, going forward, I'm hoping that um, that we can start talking about seating for Fred Hoiberg teams in the future, right? I mean, you got to get over the hump and get in the tournament, and then and then start doing that on a regular basis. Uh, this is the team that uh, will hopefully get us in the tournament for the first time. And then from there on in, you know, I mean, I think we see the formula and it, it's it's working and they need to continue to recruit to this and figure out how to, to win on the road in the Big Ten. And they're going to be, be fine for years to come, I think. So uh, I think it works. Goddamn right, Dave. Absolutely. I appreciate right. the optimism. Yeah, I, it's it's not even optimism for me. I just look at the team. I watch it. It's like it's. I, 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 I watch, watch a lot of basketball, college. right? I, say, I, I you watch too, Dave. Like that's. I, I I'm on the side with you. This is 35, one, three, 40 years of watching four. college basketball. I, I don't. They're not a bad team. They're not wishy washy. They just they struggle on the road. I I get it. 
but I, I I think you look at a lot of the metrics. There's a reason why they're in 94 brackets. They aren't a bad team. No. Um, this is I, I want Redcasters to note that tonight is one of the very rare occasions where Dave and I have not disagreed once in the first that's right. 24 minutes and 10 seconds. Yet, so, yes, yeah, that is. can happen. It's it early. Well, we're going to be talking recruiting here really soon, so I really can't think of anything negative we'll be talking about there either because yeah, this is going to be one of the this is going to be probably one of the greatest recruiting ca- classes in the history of Nebraska football. So. Well, let's let's go there, Rob. And you always have these on, but let's have everyone put on their scarlet colored glasses and talk all things Husker football. And um, it was uh, signing day part two, as our uh, intro slide uh, indicated. It it was the February signing day. It's not what it used to be. No. Um, (laughs) What what was that Toby Keith song? (laughs) I don't know. um but it's the same as ever was or something like that but um we did get there same as it ever was there we go maybe maybe we could give him a call and ask oh no no uh we did have a matt roll presser uh we did get an additional signee today in keanu keanu is that right uh will height yeah yeah uh from arizona no um, way had been uh, committed to Washington before Kalen DeBoer had left. He uh, looked like he was going to commit to UCLA, but then the Chip Kelly rumors that he was just going to leave to become an OC in the NFL came up and he uh, um, decided to take a deeper look at Nebraska and we got an additional edge rusher. rusher yeah. So that's great. One of the Terrence Knighton has a uh, good relationship with his family. And so he had been in touch with him throughout this entire process, respecting his commitment to Washington, respecting his possible commitment to UCLA, but kind of always staying on the outside of it. And the second that there was any doubt and he got word of any type of doubt, like swooped in there and got him. And it's a beautiful get. I mean, they call him the kid a three star, but I mean, I don't know that there's a whole lot of D1 teams that wouldn't have a kid like this that can play from either side of the either side of the line, you know, they can move them around and they already talked about how that's how they plan on doing it. Um, Rule kind of hinted that, you know, he sees, you know, some of these freshmen already making an impact on the defense this year, going to come in and play, you know, play a good role in there. Um, You know, so it's, it's exciting to see because it sounds to me like this is a guy that Rule wanted all along. Didn't think he was going to get and just kind of trusted his coaching staff to stay on the ball and um, get this kid to actually commit when they had the opportunity. And that's why he hired those guys. He actually said that he does not enjoy the recruiting process himself. That's why he hires coaches to do it for him. And it's, Even though it's just, he's our best recruiter. <laughs> well, I, well, you know, maybe, maybe that's just him being humble. Maybe that's the preacher's yeah. son in him or something. Right. But I mean, yeah, at sure. the same time, he did say those words. And so I'm going to take him at it. Um, but you know, it's like, it's, it's just nice to see because, it puts a cherry on top of a recruiting class where everyone just wants to talk about, like you see all the haters out there for Nebraska that say like, nobody wants to come play at Nebraska. And here we are sitting at like the number somewhere between like, depending on where you look 16 to 18 ranked recruiting class in the country. And I think like number three or four in the big 10 right now. So, I mean, you know, we are old big 10 Rob. What's that? The newer old big 10. Big Ten. I'm sorry. As, as in, like, you're including 
Are you no, I'm not including like, USC or any of those teams. Well, yeah, twenty four seven has a sixth in the new Big Ten. That's cl- including yeah. USC and all the new in Oregon yeah. and all the new. Yeah, so. so there you go. I mean, that's still. If, I mean, we, it's amazing. You know what I mean? It's, what he's doing is amazing, and and it and people need to realize that like the kind of work that's going into this, especially with those new schools being added into the league, because you know a lot of these kids now that were coming, you know, that may have been wanting to play in the big 10 that are coming out of like Southern California or those areas now have an opportunity to play in the big 10 and stay close to home. So it's harder and harder. And if you look at our breakdown of where it is that we're recruiting from, um, you know, there's Nebraska, there's call, I, I believe there's Colorado, there is Florida, there's Texas. I think there's a few from California. I mean, it's all over the board. So it's just yeah, a beautiful thing to see what they're doing right now. Yeah. So, um yeah i mean i guess I, I i don't get too wrapped up in those those team rankings i mean frost delivered some good team rankings too but what i do like about uh, this class from rural is is how long some of these players have been committed and stuck with the class and and i i feel like the retention of these classes that rural are is building is going to be much better than what we saw under Scott Frost. And Who? I think that's, that's really important uh, because it, the recruiting ranking is fine when you sign them, but if they're not there in a year or two, um, what's the, what's the point, right? When you re-rank those classes, suddenly they look very different. Yeah, uh, Boomer, especially if you're going to call yourself a developmental program. I mean, you've yeah. got to retain those guys. It doesn't do any good to, to but, sign big classes, you know. Well, yeah. not only that, but look at the number of walk-in, walk-ons that, that he's getting too, and that's something else he talked about today too, right? Like, I mean, he's getting kids uh, and around Nebraska that have D1 offers to other schools that are staying home you know, and coming to play at Nebraska because they know in this program being a developmental program that there's a realistic chance that they could end up getting playing time two or three years down the road where these other D1 programs, they may never see the field. They could just end up being other guys there. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's beautiful to see him talk about that, honor the tradition of the walk-ons here in, at, in Lincoln and, and let these guys know from the beginning that if they believe in themselves, that the coaching staff will in turn believe in them as well. Yeah. I believe you mentioned he, I mean, he thought, you know, he, and he's just a good talker. He's like, yeah, I think three or four of these preferred walk-ons could actually start for us. Right. You know, so, and he's already shown that he, he'll, he'll do that. So um, I think overall uh, we're really pleased with the class and uh, should be interesting how we move into spring ball here uh they start mat drills i think already or is it next week i believe and then they will uh be in in spring ball before we before yeah, we real, real quick dave i'd like to uh say uh thank you out to justin bank watching the uh go big Redcast. thanks to the power of aloe fiber nebraska's greatest internet provider i would also say <laughs> that they are also northern colorado's greatest internet provider and if you are looking for any aloe fiber for yourself or your business feel free to reach out to me redcast rob and i'd be happy to help you with those needs rob is aloe paying us yet? um well they're paying me dang it yeah. Maybe we should get a cut from Rob Boomer. What do you think? Um, I think I, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Heck, I utilize their services. I should get some. I mean, <laughs> well, I tell They're you, using I, the the Redcast you know, platform, Rob. Right, we can, exactly. You know what? Yeah. If we could, if we could get Tana, my my coworkers Tana, or oh, or yeah. the founder Brad to to buy in, and trust me, I have been putting earworms out there for it. Um, All right. I even have, the coolest thing too is I even have coworkers that have come up to me and been like, "I love the podcast, man." 
That's good. Yeah, it's That's no, good. it's All great. Right. Well, we're gonna get them eventually. We will eventually, eventually. So we'll see. All right, Rob. Um, sorry, I any, had to. Throw no, sorry. Anything else uh, from the the presser that stood out to you? Anything else you want to talk about with with Coach Rule? You know, it's funny because normally, like the optimism, uh, the Kool Aid that I would bring from maybe a S- Scott Frost presser. Um, you know, maybe came with a, with a hint of facetiousness only because like, you know, okay, show me, you know, don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me what you can do. But the optimism that I, the true optimism that I have with the way that rural is doing this, it feels like I, I hate using the term the right way. I mean, he's doing it the way it's supposed to be done, right? Like this is how you're supposed to build a college football program. And it seems like he's getting the respect, not only around the league, but around the country from a lot of people in regards sure. to that. And I, and I'm not talking Twitter because those people are a bunch of idiots for the most part. So I, you know, I'm talking about our 30,000 followers, Rob. Well, I'm talking about people that aren't Nebraska fans, Dave. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Because our non-followers are are non-followers. Well, we might have some non-followers that are idiots or even followers that are idiots, but I'm not calling any of them that. (laughs) Some people on the show that are idiots. I have no idea. I mean, because let's, let's quite frankly, I've been called an idiot plenty of times on there and they're they're probably right at that as well. So for good reason. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm feeling it, man. I I feel good about it. Uh, None of my optimism is fake or sugar-coated. It is a hundred percent Kool-Aid. Um, you know, I'm feeling the same way about the football program that I'm feeling about the basketball program, which is we are a playoff team. All right. All right. right. Yeah. I mean, I guess a few of the takeaways I took from the presser, you know, uh, you know, outside of just, you know, the recruits we signed, you know, his comment, how, you know, Satterfield's definitely, he will call plays. Yes. I think that's a big thing. You know, I, I believe his quote was never a question in my mind on that. So, right. You know, the whole, you know, Thomas is the co-OC type thing. Hey, well, yeah, it's it sounds like Satterfield's still going to be your, your main OC there. Yeah, Absolutely. It was interesting. Yeah. He said that Satterfield's the OC and Thomas is the co-OC, which uh, somehow delineates. He's like the assistant to the OC. Yeah, assistant to know. the OC is He's the assistant manager to the assistant manager. Yeah. Yes. So and and you know he'd also commented about how he's all in on you know Rayola and uh, you know Harbor. Yeah, that was going to be my next point. Yeah, I actually thought. I mean, it. granted, and, and you know Kalen obviously, but yeah, yeah, has to no say choice because that's all we have at this. Well, point, really, but but to his point, he said he could yeah. go out and look for a one-year quarterback, but that's not what he wants to be because he's no, a developmental co- yeah. coach and he wants to be able to develop these kids, right? So he doesn't want right. to be a coach that keeps bringing in one-year quarterbacks, not allowing the guys that he has there that he brought there with the intention of developing to be able right. to develop. So but, I can res- I can respect yeah. that. Um, I, it's I interesting think- what he was saying about Harburg and how he's just like you know, hey, let's get that kid a full season, a full spring where he's, you know, practicing to be the number one quarterback and working with, you know, our coaching staff to be the number one quarterback with the confidence that he can be the number one quarterback and see what happens. You know, yeah, it's like, something Honky's talked about. He's wanted to see what, you know, Harburg can do with the whole year of mm-hmm. better coaching from what he's had, you know, in the past and, you know, what he could amount to. I mean, I would still think if, you know, once spring ball and that spring portal opens up, if there's a quarterback that's got a couple of years, potential in there i i don't know if you you just write them off and don't take a look at someone like that i i i'd be hesitant to see if that would be the case i mean because you know you, yeah. you gotta put a lot I, of eggs in a basket of two two you know freshmen and a sure sure and a quarterback that's you know not your typical 
you know, normal quarterback with, you know, yeah. Harburg. I mean, he, he is what he is. And, you know, how yeah, many, I, I think you do have to look at it. How many true freshmen start for Division One programs every year? I guess that's a question that, like, I've always thought about, but I've never been able to answer, never really asked, right? Like, hey, how, many, how many, how many, how many programs know. out it, it there? It can be have, many, I wouldn't think. But, well, yeah. I, I wouldn't think either. Well, but, so Rob, let's. I mean, I've seen Nebraska. Adrian Martinez started as a true freshman. Correct. It was an example. Right. We had multiple redshirt freshmen, um, but uh, you know, I mean, like. You know, sometimes they do struggle. UCLA had Dante Moore this year. He started multiple games. He was a five-star quarterback, um, struggled a bit, and he's now transferred and I knew now expecting to sit there. behind Dylan Gabriel at Oregon. But you also have other examples. Uh, you know, for example, you know, uh, Alabama has started uh, true freshman quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence was a true freshman quarterback at Clemson, won a national championship. Um, so I think it's a mixed bag. And some of that is, you know, how well are they, um, you know, ready to, to compete at that, that level right off the bat? Yeah. yeah. Fair. And just a couple of things I want to hit on from the presser. You know, he was asked a question, you know, does he want his players to be doing other sports, you know, as, as the season goes on? And he thought that's a great thing for his players to do that because, you know, if you're running track, you're not playing video games, you know, things like that. You're doing something, you know, physical, which maybe, you know, with the new uh, NCAA football you know, video game coming out soon. Maybe that's not the best approach to take. Who knows? Maybe that'll help people out a lot. But And then uh, the other thing I noted was, you know, there's a decent number of guys who are going to be out for spring practice that that just aren't going to be able to, you know, probably practice. I think Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin are all out. And still out. Yeah, planning to be out well, Mal- and Malachi's out, but he's recovering from yeah. his shoulder. I mean, some of these guys. Yeah, and, football yeah there's a lot, of, a lot of injuries that we're not yeah. going to see in spring. So it'll be interesting to see how well they, you know, recoup from those injuries and come back and, I think Turner Corcoran. I, I don't even know if they did, did. He even imply he might be out for the season yet? He's I just mean, he just seems to have a lingering injury. Really, won't go he really away. does. I, yeah. I, I'm not sure if he's coming back at all. At, you know, yeah, that, I mean that, that'd could, be a bit of a hit. As I think we're expecting uh, Turner to. We're hoping he slides into a guard spot, you know. But um, yeah, but yeah, we'll see. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. It's hard. But yeah, it's we hard. just got, we got some guys, some key pieces that need to heal up this spring, and we're probably not going to see in the spring game. You know, for those yep. of us that go and watch, and you know, when we talk about it, we're just not going to see everybody that that they'll hopefully have back in the fall. So, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, I mean, the spring game should be a, a spectacle because of Dylan Riola. I think they're going to have a huge turnout. Oh, absolutely, um, it'll be you got my to tickets today. So, the uh, the wide receivers that they brought in to compete with the existing, um, you know, uh, wideouts. Um, another running back in the mix uh, with um, Powell. So um, yeah, let's, let's hope for a good spring and and one that um, clears up some of these uh, questions that we have with, uh, with the starting lineup. Uh, Boomer, you know, there's been a lot of stuff going on in college football, even though it's, it's the off season that um, will impact Nebraska in the future. And um, one thing that stood out to me was last week, the Big Ten and the SEC announced a uh, joint advisory council uh, that was going to look at all the problems that college football is, is having right now. Uh, what do you think about this joint advisory council? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things where I think everyone knows what it really is, but they just don't want to admit it yet. I mean, this is... <laughs> 
I mean, everyone knows those are the two power conferences that that control, you know, college football, essentially. And this advisory committee is set up to just to express the concerns they have and what they want to do with with sports going forward. And, you know, I think it's the biggest challenge uh, that one of many challenges the NCAA has. But it's just right now when you when when people talk about the NCAA and for all of its faults, it's got plenty. It, It. it's in a very tough situation because it has to consider the needs of not only the, the power, you know, football schools, yeah. which is what the big 10, the, you know, the SEC are, but it's got to consider the needs of, you know, the, what was the PAC 12 and the big 12 and then conference USA and, you know, the, the American and athletic conference and everything down to division three, it's trying to balance right. all of this. And, you know, how do you balance football needs with, you know, the NCAA basketball tournament? It's just, it's got almost too much, even be feasible for it to cover and i think this everyone's kind of been expecting something like this to happen soon mm-hmm. and i think this is an opening kind of kind of push for the possibility of the big 10 and the sec just separating at least football if not all the right. sports I, I can't imagine all their sports would separate from it but right kind of testing the waters putting their tone and we've heard trev alberts you know kind of insinuate something like this is happening Yep. In the near future, and it really does seem like this is starting to just slowly, you know, kind of gather that steam, and it's going to break. That that dam is going to break pretty soon. Where something's going to happen for the the big power football schools to do something different. I don't know what it's going to be or the exact form it's going to take, but I think this advisory committee is is that first step to it. And well, so far, what I've learned from it is that they seem to be ready to advise a lot of the ACC teams to leave the ACC and commit <laughs> to the Big Twelve or the Big Ten and the and the uh, SEC. Yeah, it seems we're done picking over the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve. Yeah, yeah, Big Twelve's carcass has been picked over. It's time for the ACC now. And yeah, yeah. that's right. Again, it's right? Still the dumbest thing anyone's ever said. It's, 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 so, it's so funny. I cannot to believe me. that. I, I couldn't believe it back in the day when they all signed it. And, it's so Even funny to now, me. Like I don't my get it. my yeah. my dad recently changed television providers, right? And he's really upset because he doesn't have he's not he doesn't have the Pac-12 network right now, right? <laughs> and I and I told him I was like, well, don't worry. In a few months, it won't matter anyway. I, I'm pretty sure, like as soon as the was he a big Washington State fan? That- Arizona. Okay. My my sister went to Arizona. I just want to be clear with that for a lot of people. My sister went to Arizona, and like a longer story from there. So- they didn't let Rob in them. Actually, they did, but they didn't have a soccer team. They only had a club team at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, them and mm-hmm. it's true. It's true. I, I, I know. I've heard those stories. But I'm yeah, just giving I'm you. Sorry. I've gotten acceptance anyway, somewhere. Uh, anyway, we don't need he, her about uh, Rob's family bio. No, right? but what I'm trying to say is well, that it's okay. Well, You're an Arizona Wildcats fan. So the, the, okay, Rob. The, the Pac-12 will no longer exist after this right. basketball season for the Correct. most part. Yeah. So yeah. So back to the actual topic. Um it, I, you know, it's hard to say that this is the beginning of the end because we've had so many beginnings. This is probably just the next step to the inevitable end of some sort of split. Now, it, it could be that the the Big Ten and the SEC put pressure on the NCA to actually make internal changes. Boomer, you've made the point many times. The NCA is made up of its member institutions, right? I mean, they yes. they should be able to dictate how the NCA functions, right? So maybe there's enough pressure that the NCA actually does somehow completely evolve from where they're at today, and they still have control of football, but it's it's different. Or maybe they do 
truly break off. Uh, there might be financial and administrative reasons that it's just more beneficial to be completely separate. Um, but something of that nature is going to happen. And it feels like it's going to happen within the next, you know, three or four years at, at longest. Is that fair to yeah. say, Boomer? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the, you know, everyone likes to, you know, crash the NCAA. And again, they've made plenty of mistakes in this whole thing, but everyone always forgets that they are just, they're the, they're the arm that the schools chose to set up to yeah. quote unquote manage all this. I mean, if you go look at the, you know, who runs the NCAA, the people on the board, they're just people from schools. That's, you know, athletic directors and presidents. And, and a bunch know, of D2 and D3 schools at that. Yeah, exactly. And, and a lot of it is, it's just everybody, you know, wants the NCAA to set these rules, except for their own school. That's kind of the way it, it always <laughs> yeah. is. You know, it's yeah, just, it's just exactly. And, and, and granted, the NCAA doesn't do a great job of these things, but they're, they're in a tough bind. I mean, I, I you know, for the reasons we've explained. Yeah, And I think a lot of it, like you said, Dave, is going to come down to kind of where they're going to put football. We've kind of seen some early feelers from the NCAA when they talked about the the subdivision that they promoted. Um, where they Yeah, that's right. Basically allow teams to essentially have unlimited, you know, funds for coaching and everything else that they want to do. And, you know, pay player, um, essentially have, you know, money to put aside for players. And, you know, schools will have to choose whether they want to do that or not. Again, I don't know how feasible that really is because if you're setting up that just massive and unlevel of playing field between schools, how are you realistically in the same, you know, conference anymore? I mean, that, right. that's a problem. Yeah, that, I think you end. have to be all in or all out on that. Yeah, exactly, and, and it's just it, it's not even fair to be playing those teams anymore at that point. If if you ask me, that's just it's kind yeah. of absurd. Yeah. And you know, there's other issues that are popping up. I mean, earlier was it this week or last week where? Uh, National uh, Labor Relations Board said Dartmouth's men's basketball right. players are technically employees. Yeah, that was a decision they made. So those kind of decisions are going to start rolling in more and more, I think, and that's going to have an impact on you know what schools choose to do and what they can do and can't do. Yep, it's just all this stuff is kind of coming to a head now, and it's it's going to happen fairly quickly, I think, in the next couple of years, and especially yeah. as the, the college football playoff evolves. What is the the current? contract up for for the playoffs I mean, 26 i believe so yes yeah. so i'm guessing least... by 26 we're gonna see mm. where this is going in the future it's either gonna be a completely split off thing once schools figure out how they can navigate you know having a, a football program how it works with title nine how it works with you know funding and things like that and yeah so i i would imagine by 26 we're gonna have a lot more clarity on where this is going and it's gonna happen yeah. pretty quick once it does so yeah that, that's gonna there's... be the the answer, yeah. Lawsuits out there from states on NIL yes. and, and various yeah, things. Yeah, the NIL lawsuits we've seen with Tennessee and NCAA. It's just, yeah, yeah. All this and where it's at right now isn't isn't sustainable. Just just no. in terms of yeah, the internal contradictions of it all to you know go all Marxian on us. Just it it can't hold on to this. And speaking something's of going to break and it's going to got to resolve itself in the next year or two. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of internal conflicts and contradictions. Um, uh, I remember, I think it was during the national championship game or that day, Pete Thamel, who now works for ESPN, uh, had a tweet that um, ESPN was going to lock down the uh, new contract for the 12-team college football playoff for like 10 years. Uh, I haven't heard anything since that tweet. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that is. And uh, <laughs> you know, that, 
that that asks you know Brits some questions too. And then you know the news this week or yesterday even about how yeah. ESPN and Fox and who else was it Warner Brothers or Warner like, Brothers you know, with Discovery massive yeah. like yeah you know, new like sporting app essentially how they're going to put all their sports products which is to really, some degree or another available together. Which yeah. which leads me to believe too that if Warner Brothers, ESPN, and Fox are all putting their things together. Are we going to see a merger of the Marvel and DC universe? No, Rob, we will not. We can't tie in the comic book. At least on this show. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that's our that's our other podcast, folks. If you want to listen to that, we can, we can hit that later. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 this whole like mega sports uh, streaming app idea is a little confusing to me because if, if you listen, to, you, you know, you get you get all the ESPN channels. You get all the Fox uh, channels, including Big Ten Network. Uh, you get TNT and True. And the NCAA tournament is on. Oh, sure. Yeah, FS1 and FS2. But, um, I mean, I get that personally right now, streaming on YouTube or others get it on Hulu or whatever, right? So it's like those are all the channels I already get, and it's all in one format. So would I drop YouTube and, and anything else that I have on there? I'd probably I probably not. So I suppose it would depend on how they're marketing this. Is the price point going to be lower than your traditional YouTube, Hulu, whatever? I think so it would be so lower, but it, it would that's have the to big be question. Just to make it you know, because attractive to people. I think that's what they're aiming for is the people that just want How low is the question, I think. You know, regular TV, like don't want to watch The View or, you know, the yeah. mass singer or whatever live they don't care because they don't need that stuff and only want it for sports like rob he's a big uh yeah. you know uh, are you a fan of the viewer or the mass singer rob which one is it? And, <laughs> Both, um, really i was trying to say that i was actually one of the people that didn't want to watch that oh gotcha okay, okay. Yeah. i just i don't, I don't, I don't know the rest of the, here, the steinberg family my wife I mean, my wife might i don't know yeah, yeah youtube 75 bucks plus or minus depending right. on what you're, right. you're getting there and you know the single streaming stuff is between ten and twenty, depending on what right. you're getting, right? And so if this is above twenty, because you're talking about like 15, 20 channels, maybe it's you know a low end would be thirty or forty, and it could be upper to, to fifty, I guess. I yeah, I, and you know. it you know, and maybe it's like a just kind of thing uh, easy pack to sell to bars or something like that it, yeah that would work well you know, that would make a lot of sense but like that I, I don't know what the market is for that it's, it's fairly substantial you know yeah. i think yeah i mean so well, be that and then you know what all sports are going to be on this are they going to have you know sure uh, like on demand stuff can i go back and watch a game earlier you know that's going to be a question if it you know, had I know more like, uh, you know time warner involved in this you know, I know we're all big pro wrestling fans here on the on the Redcast. Would AEW be involved in this? They're on all the Turner networks currently right now. TNT and you know TBS. Right. That kind of stuff. right. You know, there, there's content they could put on it, but I don't I don't know what the extent of it's going to be. Is ESPN Plus included? Yeah, ESPN because... Plus, Big Ten Plus going to be on this. Am I going to be able to watch right. a you know shaky cam version of a you know Big Ten baseball game? You know that they barely exactly. to in the yeah. in the conference. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of questions on it. Or is this going to break down like the you know Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 scheduling alliance, and it's just going to amount to nothing ultimately? I don't know. But yeah, I wouldn't yeah, think I mean, they it, would have announced it, it if they weren't. Gonna yeah, there would be value to the people that just want to watch sports. I think is what it is, and there's yeah. there may be a market for that. We'll see yeah. how substantial it is, and possibly it's just something to compete with 
you know, the Amazons that seem to be really pushing, you know, well, getting yeah. some sports themselves. You know? Remember yeah. when uh, Netflix is getting WWE? So there is a, there, all the streaming services seem to be pushing hard for controlling live sports content that people want to watch. So this well, is just their answer to that. ESPN Plus on their app, right? And so, like, you had to download the ESPN Plus app on your TVs, and you had to have ESPN Plus app on your phone, and then they merged it into just the ESPN app after a while, and then it disappeared completely off the TV, and then it became part of your Hulu subscription with Disney Plus, and and it's still and, separate, but yeah. it, it was well, no, because like for me, when I log into Hulu, I can see all my Disney, I can see all my. I ESPN understand. Plus I understand. Content, I, I right? have. But you could you yeah. could buy it separately if you want, and it's a separate app. So. Um, I don't know that they stream it that it's, way much anymore. Do they? Still? I have it. I oh. you can still have your ESPN app, and ESPN Plus is a tab on it. No, oh, okay. Um, we're there not go. gonna argue about that though. So. Well, no, I'm just saying. Like, I just they they kind of just got away from they they got away from it for the most part. I mean, you know, it's like now it's they make it available like so readily available. It's just interesting to me because you have so many large television i mean essentially fox disney and warner brothers you know agreeing to combine to do one sports app i mean they've got to know something that we don't is my point yeah yeah um, i'm not i'm not doubting that it, it it's probably going to be fine I, I just like for me personally i don't know if i would get rid of youtube tv for it right so i'll be intrigued to see how it's priced and what benefits it brings so um if to boomer's point it included you know, NFL football that's on Prime on Thursdays and Peacock that we're watching Big Ten stuff on now. If that and was all it, included, and then, then I've now not happened around yes, those things. Exactly. I, now I've got some value there. But I already have the ability to watch almost everything they're proposing on a YouTube TV, right? So that's that's where I'm a little confused. All right, guys. Um, uh, been a fun little chat here. You guys ready for some parting shots? Always ready to take that as a yes. Uh, Boomer, get us going. All right. Well, you know, it is uh, February and uh, March is around the corner. So, you know, now that we have March Madness, you've got the Omaha Supernovas, you know, playing volleyball. You know, they've had some coaching changes, but that's around the corner. And uh, don't forget, uh, as uh, Rob mentioned, Australian Rules football, that's starting up in March. So get everything fired up and uh, pick your favorite AFL team and start rooting for the latter. Hey, if you didn't watch it last year, just go ahead and give it a shot. I mean, that, that you know, the final game last year was just outstanding to watch. It was. I mean, that it was, was so much final. fun. I, I didn't like either of the teams in it, but I was just totally glued to that, that screen watching that game. So if you never watched Australian Eagles football, give it a shot this year and pick a team and you can root with us or against us, depending on who you like. So That's right. That's right. Go St. And, and we're, we're just around the corner for – uh, women's softball, who's yep. going to be playing in Puerto Vallarta, I believe, and, and Nebraska baseball. So we'll start talking about those here soon. Nebraska softball will be interesting with Jordy Ball and, um, you know, their quest to potentially host a regional if they're as good as advertised. All right, Rob, well, your shot. I got my ticket for the spring game today. I will be attending with Honky and his family, and I'm looking forward to it. I um, am not going to be trying to get any type of press passes or anything like that this year. I was able to get myself a nice little Airbnb about half a mile from campus. Um, well, from the stadium, I should say. Um, I'll be 
just hanging out in Lincoln for a few days, maybe getting some work done um, through Aloe Fiber, the greatest Aloe, the greatest internet company in the entire state of Nebraska. Um, and in case anyone hasn't figured out, I am employed by them now. So that's why I keep talking about it. But, um, you know, I will be at the spring game. I'm looking forward to going out there. And then not only just the football game, because baseball and softball are both going to be playing at home that day as well. I'm going to try to get in the rare triple go. header and, and, and try to go to all three. Um, I'm sure that honky will join me in those festivities. And, and I'm sure that um, a beverage or 17 will be had at that time. And, and so, you know, Redcasters, if any of you are looking to uh, maybe get together and tailgate any of those situations, I would love to uh, hear about it because I'd love to hang out with you guys and meet you. Cause it's always nice meeting Redcast fans. Absolutely. All right. And really, yeah, Rob, so. the stadium and the campus are the same thing. So if you're a mile from the stadium or whatever, you're a mile from campus. It's all good. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Well, right. yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, well, uh, we had a lot to chat about to catch up on. Um, hopefully, we'll have a show here in the next uh, week or two. And we're talking about more Nebraska basketball victories. And we'll start sprinkling in some uh, baseball and softball talk. Uh, for now, let's call that another Go Big Redcast. Go Big Red. Heard at Sports Network Production.